Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Micah Man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good here in the DF Dub. A lot of fun stuff going on. A lot of stuff we're going to talk about today in this wonderful podcast, which happens to be episode 278 of your favorite short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world coming at you from Fort Worth and Arlington, Texas. That's Live, Let, Thrive, y'all. Let's go, man. We got a lot of exciting news today, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's start. You mind if we started off with uh, your Tony Robbins experience? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to, yeah, I said it last week on last week's episode, a week ago before. Yeah, I went to uh, the uh, Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within. Now I'm a huge fan of him. His book changed my life. The book Awaken the Giant Within. I love that book, by the way. If you haven't read it and you want to 10x everything, you, I shouldn't say 10x. Sorry, that's Grant Cardone. If you want to self-improve. <laughs> 100x. 100x yourself. Yeah, definitely check out that book. But um, yeah, me and Mahogany went. Um, it was just a life-changing experience. You're just around a whole bunch of people who are really about just personal development, personal growth. Because, you know, the only way to personally grow and to be a better leader, any of that, if you want to 10x your business, you have to change. You have to become something else. And that's what Tony Robbins is great at. So, man, it was a really good. Um, it was four day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days, four, like 10 to 12 hour days of him just, well, talking. But he wasn't. The only one talking. He talked two of the days. Um, I got some news on him as well. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, he talked two of the days, and then uh, he had some guest people. But he had a lot of powerful people come up. Uh, people who just been through stuff and learn how to pull through. Um, but he, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. The first day, you know, the first day anyone who's ever been to a l- unleash the power within. The first day, he uh, he doesn't make you, but they walk on fire, right? So you can walk on fire if you want to. Um, at the very end of the show, but he like pumps your mind up for it. So it's like when you're walking on it, you don't even know you're walking on it. Cause you're, you're in such this crazy ass state of being ramped up. So me and mahogany and like all of my springboard crew, shout out to them. I'm have actually have a springboard member hop on my guy, Andrew, he's gonna be hopping on soon, but, uh, we all walked on fire, man. It was pretty cool. A seven year old girl did it. That was crazy. So I was like in the row beside her. So I'm like, damn, I can't get up here and bitch out now. <laughs> the seven-year-old girl, she's next to me. And she just walked across this fire. These, it's not really fire. It's hot coals. Like, so they set all these coals on fire. They let them, and then they put them out in front of in this long grass, and you walk on it, right? So uh, and then this guy who was in a wheelchair who had no legs did a handstand. And I sent it to Steve, and he like did. He walked across it on his hand. I was like, damn, man, that just shows. <laughs> This just shows you you really can't like not do it, right? Um, but what he does is he shows you, man, the power of your mind. The only thing that really holds us back is our mind. So if you really want to get ahead, it's your mindset. And uh, another cool thing about it was I actually ran into two of our uh, podcast guests. Shout out to Rafa. I actually need to text him because he was uh, hitting me up about dinner tonight and I'm just off work. Rafa and Amanda, the traveling realtor, they were both out there. We ran into them, man. Um Got a new guest that I'm going to be having come on. And it's just a lot of good networking, people that want to grow, people that own businesses, people that are stuck in business. Man, it was just really good energy to be around, man. Really good energy. Mm, that sounds cool, man. It was, man. It was like I, what I would tell everyone, if you could do is study his sixness, six, six needs to life and understand where you are. Um that, that is powerful and to really open up your mind. The six needs of life, like what every human needs, the six, need, six needs. It's called certainty, uncertainty, love and connection, growth, contribution. I forgot the last one, but you have to know that you're top two and then know what you need to change. Because most of the time we're unconscious. We're conscious of the top two, but we don't understand how it holds us back. So definitely uh, look into that. Uh, but yeah, the six six needs is cool. The six needs is cool. Definitely check out the six needs. When, right when you said that, and I think our audiences will audience will see it too. A bunch of balloons just flew. Yeah, up the from balloons came up. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but it was like yeah. right when you were mentioning yeah the six needs of life and what you yeah and all these balloons start coming up it was like a perfect <laughs> moment it was really cheerful yeah. uh, <laughs> so 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 what i you know just to get into like these kind of events you know i've mm-hmm. never been to tony robbins i've been to some cool stuff you know back in the day and and the whole religious experience type deal you know it, even <laughs> if it's even if it's uh I don't know, like pump you up. The teenagers go to this thing and then they all this stuff. And then, and then like, to me, I I always, I always like, okay, you, you, you're, you leave euphoric and, but (laughs) in the crowd of like a hundred thousand people, you know, how many people are going to actually do something different in their life or action? Not many. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so that's what I figured, but, but um, at the at the place, you're all popped up. Yeah, I'm gonna take over the world and all this stuff. When you get home, so so what kind of actionables are you putting into place after? A oh, how is he doing it? I've been reading the books and everything. I've already been. I'm reading the personal growth one right now. So I'm already. It, it, it's another thing. It's you're, if you're into that, because I tell people this: your business, your whatever, your business, your marriage, all that's gonna hit a peak. You're gonna peak out. So, and I mean, you're gonna hit a peak that you can't go above. Until you work on personal development, growth, and leadership. If you once you hit, and I'm, I'm at that point now. I'm like, damn, I got to work on those three, because once you hit that, and you'll know when you hit the peak, because you'll just be like, damn, this seems like it's not going nowhere. You'll have to start getting into personal development, growth, leadership, because those events, and this is what people don't know, they're for networking. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to rub shoulders with someone else. So then, like, I rub shoulders with doctors, dentists, a guy who owned a dentist office who was struggling to build it up. Uh, he went from California to New North Carolina. Um, I, I met a guy, uh, a, a software engineer out of um, Canada. Um, he's He was telling me stuff he does every day to really build himself up. But the people that are committed, they're the ones who are going to use it. The actionables that I use, man, it's a bunch of them. Uh, really just being self-aware of like, okay, what's triggering me? Um, what limit, what limiting beliefs do I have? And the thing about it is the people who use the workbook, it's easier to go back to it. You can just open your workbook and then you can download another workbook once you've, uh, kind of progressed or advanced in the places you're already struggling in. But, um, the good thing about it, why I like it, it's really interactive. Yeah. You do the jumping up and down, but he makes a good point. The reason why you do the jumping up and down is to keep your energy up. And a lot of times, like, a lot of times why when people get out of like elementary, you know, the most you ever learn in school is probably in elementary school, right? Because they teach you by singing songs, you're interactive, you're moving. Then we start getting into like high school. You're sitting there. The shit really is going in one ear and out the other. You know what I mean? It's not really interactive learning. Um, so it, it, it was a lot you could take away, but it's all up to you and your mindset. If your mindset is not take anything away, then you won't take anything away. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, that's why I always tell people. Everyone should make a five to $25,000 investment in their education. Those people will usually take action or if they're not going to take action, they usually will have the, they'll eventually get to the point where they'll take action. So you always need to have someone because like you need to spend some money on it. I, I have seen like people who spend high end dollars on courses. It gives you access to people like this whole weekend. We were hanging out with my springboard crew uh, that I'm, this coaching program that I'm a part of. We were all in there together. It was like 10 of us, if probably about 10 of us all together. Uh, shout out to Scotty T because he got us the tickets. Um, and that that's really how it works. It's just about being, being able to network with people. And then you need a peer group, a peer group that's going to push you beyond where you already are. And that's what I'm starting to learn, too. Hmm. No, yeah. that's yeah, that's that's big time, man. Yeah. And, and uh, not only are you networking, you know, it's not like a boring seminar or something, and then you're just having networking with people. You're going to a place where people are are seeking to take their stuff yeah. to the next level. You know, and that's cool. That's a different type of person, right? Straight up. And you're you you and you like in the front, man. These are multimillionaires. You know what I mean? Who want to grow their business? You be like, damn, you want to grow even more? But it's just that mentality that they have, man. Football players, ex NFL players, there, ex NBA players are there all types of people. Like it's just crazy to see the amount of people that Tony Robbins has actually mentored, like presidents of the United States have been mentored by this dude. It's just crazy. Oprah, you know what I mean? He's like, damn, bro. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> he's a powerful dude, man. And, and it's so cool. I mean, cause he's super positive, right? Yeah. And, and like you mentioned people from all walks of, uh, of earth, 
of, you know, he's mentored. It doesn't matter if you're right wing, left wing, middle, whatever. Straight up. He, he's mentored everybody, but he, he, his message is about, you know, positivity. And, and, and I dig that. It's not about you go to, you know, you go to a lot of jobs and people speak negative, especially speak negative about people that are different than them that don't believe the same stuff that them and all this crazy negativity in this world. But what does that get you, man? I mean, you might, you might link up with the tribe of negative people and y'all could all be negative together. And what does that get you? Well, people who are, who are negative are always going to link up with a tribe of negative people. <laughs> That's the only thing they can attract. You can't, you can't have a negative out, out, out mindset and then come out with positivity. You know what I mean? It's just impossible. <laughs> But I know what you mean. That's exactly what it, what it is. It, it's a shift in mindset. A lot of people don't have that shift. You know what I mean? You got to have that shift in mindset. Hmm. That is cool, man. So, yeah, that that's that's neat. I'm, I'm glad you went to that. You know, I thought about going to that. But um, next one, maybe I'll go to that. Oh, one. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, and this is another thing I, I was noticing, too, and a, f- a few other people noticed it. Um, Tony's getting older, and you can kind of tell he's kind of like on that downward hill of going to have to pass it off to someone else. Cause he's about 63 and um, you know, a few of the parts he had to like take a break and he was just coming out of surgery. You know, mm. his, his doctor told him to cancel the event, right? Cause he had just had surgery and he was like, man, you need to cancel this event. He was like, man, hell no, I got 14,000 people coming. I'm not canceling on these people. Um, So yeah, he might be, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know, are you familiar with Jim Rohn? Oh yeah. 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 So Jim Rohn is who mentored Tony Robbins. So Jim Rohn, he's powerful as hell too. I love that dude. Uh, but um, you can start to tell it's like Tony's kind of easing his way out because it's like, you know, he can't even he, – He's the first day, he's talked for six straight hours, no piss breaks, no nothing. Like I watched this dude. I'm like, he's – but it showed me like dude's really in his passion right now. Like you can't stop him. He's in his passion. He, and then he's like, make, he's telling you all this good stuff nonstop. And he's like in his passion. I watched that. I'm like, and then the next day, like he had to take a few breaks. You know what I mean? Uh, but the next day he wasn't there. But the day after that, he had to take a couple breaks. But you can tell like, you know, he's kind of weaning out of it. A friend of mine noticed like he was my, 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 one of my mentors was really close to the stage. He said he could notice his hand was kind of shaking. And he was like, man, I just hope he's OK. But yeah, you could tell he's kind of getting older. Father time is undefeated, right? Yeah, except for if you're LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll catch up to him. Don't worry. Oh, it will, but uh, we ain't never just... seen this. <laughs> Bro's out there schooling 20-year-olds, and he's damn near 40. Uh, well, yeah. LeBron James and Tom Brady, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But I bet he won't be doing it at 50. Uh, um... I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a... Um, it was a really cool event, really cool event, really cool to just watch people, you know, who are in a positive mindset and want to move forward. Mm. That's awesome, bro. So, so did you, have, did you get a chance to dive into the winter release yet of Airbnb? Oh yes, I did. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? I, I, the only thing I've seen people complain about was the, was the, they now allow you to see your competition's pricing. And the other thing was, ah, they were just going in on it on LinkedIn, man. Uh, you know, our guy Boosley, Mark, <laughs> he had all types of memes for him today. <laughs> uh, it was the the be able to see your competitive pricing. Oh, and the uh, host, preferred host badge or something like that. Host favorite. Host favorite. Host favorite badge. And they, they did, I guess they did a market research. One in every three listing already has it. So it's like, <laughs> waste of time, <laughs> Another, I got there. it. I got it. I got it. No, you no, yeah, it, you know, but trust me, it's some Airbnb people. Oh, I'm this now. You know, those people there in it. Uh, you know, ones who are probably going to go out of business here shortly. Uh, but, uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, let me stop. No, but no, you know, Airbnb's trying to, I think, I'm not saying they're going out of business. They aren't doing that. But Airbnb is kind of, I think they're struggling and they're making pivots. And I think Mahogany actually said this to me. She was like, wouldn't it be better? If they just got into the uh, to the hotel space, and I was like, I don't know, maybe because I'm like, everybody's shifting. Their hosts don't want to be really dealing with them. They're trying to get all the I know I am trying to get all the reservations they can off of the platform. Uh, everyone, some people are going midterm. Um, you know, it's a lot of moving parts, and I have I'm starting to meet 
the hosts that are only on Airbnb and they're the ones that need management because they just never learned short-term rentals. They learned Airbnb and it started to be take a toll. So there's a, there's an education gap right there. That's a very, very important. And you could, people can feel that gap. And I'm trying to do a lot of management with those people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. So, so another thing, suspensions, they're getting, they're getting more, um, heavy on the suspensions. If, if you get a few complaints, yeah, they, they'll put you on, uh, now they call it a soft suspension, mm-hmm. which, <laughs> which is like a five day suspension, you know, go stand in the corner and go slap you on the wrist. Hey, don't do that. You know, yeah. bring your shit up to code or whatever. Um, so, so they're getting really quick on the suspensions, which really, which means you better have a, a secondary account with all your backups on the secondary account. You, you can't put backups on your first account anymore because they'll catch that shit. But if you have a secondary Airbnb account and you put, you have all, be sure to back up all your listings on there, you know, and, uh, once they do suspend you, cause it comes to everybody at, at one point, you know, all it takes is some, a couple Karens at your place and you're suspended. It's crazy how, how yeah. far it's shifted to the guests. They're on the guest side now, as opposed, it's kind of the pendulum swung to us a little for a little bit, you know, and now it's going a hundred percent back to the guests. If, they, if you get any guest complaints about anything, they're going to suspend you. At least they're going to give you a five day suspension, which. A lot of people, five days can make or break that month as profitable. You know what I'm saying? Funny, I just had a suspension for six days. Funny thing is, I had a midterm rental guest check in the day that we got suspended. Um, the suspension came from this other company, but, you know, um, not doing their job, but it was due to cleaning issues. So I ended up getting a, I did a walkthrough with an insurance client and got it a, uh, got it rented out and it's back online on Airbnb, but it's booked out for the next month, which I hope they extend. Um, so yeah, the suspension things going on. Um, one thing I will say though, and this happened. So I'm going to kind of tell you a story about what happened. So, you know, we went to Tony Robbins this weekend, but I had a bunch of friends flying to town. My places were booked. So they booked this place. Right. And, and this is why Airbnb, I see why Airbnb has to be in the favor of guests. And it's, they really ride a fine line. It's a struggle for them because so my friends get down here, middle of the night, they're checking into this Airbnb. They go to put in the code, code doesn't work. They go to get the keys out, uh, the backup keys, keys aren't there. They're reaching out to the host, host ain't responding. They're causing the, calling the host, host ain't reaching back out. So they have to go somewhere else and sleep for the night. Mm-hmm. So it's those types of situations Cause we do have to kind of put ourselves in the guest section. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's those situations that I see like, damn, Airbnb is in a tough spot because it's like, damn, you do have some bad hosts out here. And this host had hundreds of listings, you know, um, they're out of Dallas. I'm not gonna say their names, but they had hundreds of listings. And I was like, damn, I wonder how often this is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have now, okay. You have the bad host. And then when they get to a good host, they probably have preconceived notions. And that's also why you ever see that guest who just came from an Airbnb who got canceled or something, and you do really don't want to take them because they already have a negative attitude and you <laughs> be the brunt end of their bad review. You, you ever, I know you've dealt with that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. so then you're like, well, damn. And that's why I think their, revol- their review system is flawed because now this might be a good host. You just came from a bad host. But you have that energy and mindset that Airbnb sucks and they hook you up at this place. You know, the Airbnb will call you. Hey, Mr. Suarez, would you like to take on this guest? He just uh-huh. left and you're like, ah, no, nah, we just got booked. But no, you you usually you'll take them in and then, you know, they start wiping their dirty feet on your couch. You know what I mean? They like that Rick James. F your couch. Because you know? <laughs> they got this bad attitude. So it's like, damn, man. So. That's why I think their review system's flawed, man. So I, I've seen the bad on the bad hosts, and I've seen the bad guests, man. So I don't know. It, yeah, it, and and to maybe top onto that, maybe it is worth them getting a few hotels. So let's say they're in a city where, hey, a regular host don't want to host this person because they already know they're in a bad mood, a bad shitty mood. Put them in one of Airbnb's hotel tonight or something. I don't know, just to throw it out there, you know, because then. Cause it's like it sucks for that second host because you got to go above and beyond for no reason. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, so I understand it. 
Yeah, I mean that's the thing though. Even if it ain't our fault or whatever, they're they're still punishing people. Exactly, <laughs> pretty hardcore now, man. It's like, damn. So, so you just gotta adjust, and you always have to have your backups, of course. Your backups to the backups. You got the VRBOs, Booking.coms, all that stuff, of course, and, and um, then your direct booking site as well, and mm-hmm. Furnish Finder, and you gotta have everything, man. You gotta have all your virtual tours and TD two D four plans. Those are huge right now. Yeah, that's that's true, man. That's true. Um, yeah, you got to have all that. It's, it's a different world. Um, the one thing that's that's interesting, uh, our friend Heba, Heba from the show, mm-hmm. she said that that it's she, she put like a post. It's begun. And it says she's getting she's starting to get canceled. New York City guests booking her places in Newark. And so, so you know, they got to go somewhere, right? They got these big New York uh, plans going on, and and um, so they banned all of the Airbnb. So, what do you think hotels are going to do? They're going to jack up their prices because they ain't got no more competition from Airbnb no more, right? So, yeah. either spend five hundred dollars a night at a New York hotel or go to Newark. Nobody wants to go to Newark, right? But but these people want to go to Newark because they they need an Airbnb for a decent price so they can salvage their their trip that they saved on all year to go to go on. You know what I'm saying? So um, Newark, uh, you know, I was thinking is Newark's in New Jersey, right? It's right across. Yeah. You just hop on a train. I've stayed in um, before. Um, what's it called? Uh, Jersey City, which is the same thing. It's on the other side. And ooh, yeah, it's a little, a little rough over there, man. <laughs> Back when I went, it was it was like New Jack City and stuff, man. It was uh, it was pretty rough. Uh, but but, you know, luckily I didn't get mugged. You know, I had to, I had to you know, walk around all puffy trying to <laughs> nobody gonna mess with me. Uh, uh, <laughs> and so um, anyways, yeah. So the surrounding uh, places, of course, I think Heba said that she thinks that New York Newark's going to be uh, banned next for some reason. But hopefully, these idiots in these surrounding cities know notice that hey man, a lot of people going to be you know putting some money in our towns. Let's keep this Airbnb. Let's keep the short term rental legal over here. You know, hopefully. But politicians ain't the smartest people. Yeah, I mean, shit. Look at th- there's a, there's a lot of markets like that, right? When a ban happens, a lot of people go to the other side of the market and get start making a bunch of money. I think that's a huge play, man, especially I don't know how New York insurance works, but you know what I mean? There's always a good play in that, you know, like even in Dallas, if you're legally zoned, man, I, man, my reservation's been, you know, going up through the roof. I just got a cash flow problem of cleanings that I got to get fixed up. But uh, other than oh. that. Other than that, no, 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 say what company I know, but we'll talk about that in another cast. Other reason, uh, um, but um, one thing I will say is uh, I'm getting a lot of more upticks, and it is what we're at the 13th, so we got about like 17 more days till it goes into full effect. Now, once it goes into full effect, I think we'll start to see how they're going to police it, and I think we're going to see. Okay, they are bad at policing this. You got people hopping back in, so I don't know. it'll be interesting to see how this uh, Dallas band's gonna go. I will say one thing: we're not gonna go into your thing particularly, but but one thing we don't talk about on this show, and, and it's a lot of money, is linens. How do you protect your linens? Because in any cleaner it could go and jack your stuff, and then switch it out with the uh, with great value Walmart shit, you know. So so how do how do you put protections in place? For nice linens, because I mean, it makes a big difference in your places to get the nice stuff, the good, the expensive stuff, right? But um, a lot of times that stuff gets switched out, or that you know the cleaners you know, like to wash off site or this and that, and then all of a sudden your stuff's gone, and you got some cheap stuff. You go in and, and inspect your Airbnb, and you got some cheap shit in there. Horrible. Yeah. So yeah. So, so what's you, your system? What's our system? Uh well we know our cleaners now we got you know we've been through that stuff before we've been through um getting our crappy stuff um I would say jacked just it just disappears it just goes off because there Damn. we had a cleaner cleaning the whole complex you know kind of deal at what we were staying at in Dallas and and um and she just mix and match whatever's ready throw it on um, that bed throw it on that bed you know I and mean, we started marking them 
trying to trying to help but then you know unless you're there every day following them around checking to make sure they put the right stuff on there how do you how do you know right and, and so um i mean you eventually become you get some cleaners that you're that you're familiar with and they work yeah. with you and they become like family in a way and, and um that's that's one way but um yeah that's that's all i can think of otherwise unless you hire like one of those services we had we had a client one time that we managed for that she hired a service that would do the linens, you know, because she had the cleaner. But on top of that, they would go, um, you know, switch out her sheets and drop them off right there, ready at the front door and all that stuff. That was pretty good. Yeah. Expensive, everything. But yeah, linens are expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. So in our, my Arkansas properties, that's what we do. We we just have one good cleaner who reports everything. Um, he reports it. And they give us an inventory after every uh, clean. And then once we have that inventory, he'll tell us, hey, if we need to order something. And then we're like, and if you go to our, we have an Amazon business account and we can see when the last time was we ordered the linen so we can see how fast they're going through. So like if it's going through too fast and we're losing money, like, hey, hold on, where's our linens? What's going on? You know, we can kind of keep note of that and see where they're not reporting and then kind of go back on that cleaner and see, okay, is this cleaner not reporting? So that's the issue I had there as well. You know, you got to find out which cleaners are and aren't reporting because the cleaners are the backbone of this business. If you don't have a good cleaning crew, you're screwed. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You could put air tags in your comforters. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you go find them mugs. But uh, uh, what, oh, what interesting update that's going to affect the entire midterm rental space. ALE is only looking for unfurnished housing. Hmm. They are going back to the old days. I noticed that. Um, so I don't know how, what that's going to look like. I know me and Mike, Mike was saying it wasn't sustainable. Um, but I, I think it is sustainable because of this. That's how the business has worked the last 30 to 40 years. It's just the Airbnb people wanted to turn to insurance housing and insurance housing has always made their money off of furnishings. They provide the furniture. Um, I have a guest. I wanted to hop on. I can't give her details, but I'll just say this. She's been in the insurance housing business for 30 plus years. And she was like, she gave me the full rundown of why insurance and Airbnb just don't work. Um, it works every now and then, but it doesn't usually work. Um, and she knows the insides of, she knows which companies are looking for unfurnished housing and how much they make off the unfurnished housing. So they actually make a like these insurance companies that are looking for housing, like the ALEs and whatever else. I'll just say ALE. They make way more margin if your place is unfurnished. So that'll be interesting. Y'all keep an eye on that. Hmm. Interesting. You know? What? Um, hmm. That's a good one, man. Um, so I did see. I have seen conflicting things on that. I saw Ziona uh, put a put a thing out, put a reel out about, hey, everybody's freaking out about this ALE thing, but it's only affecting for when they get like a request for twelve months. They're not trying to go furnish for three month bookings, you know, or month to month mm. bookings. Is that what they said? Booking three months. That's what she said. I'm not saying that she's right. I'm not saying everybody else is right, but. She's saying that, you know, it for for bookings that are 12 months that they're they're looking for unfurnished, you know, to go to. Yeah, to go rent from a landlord for 12 months, because how are they going to go agree, you know, get a landlord to agree to rent their place for month to month or three months and say, hey, we're going to furnish it. And then after that, we're going to take after three months, we're going to take all the furniture out. Where does that leave the landlord? So uh, after 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 month one, he's already got to start looking for new tenants. You know, it's not going to work with regular landlords. It's going to work with people like us if we figure out how to coexist with something like that in a, in a space where it's only three months or month to month when they're trying to furnish it. But as far as but but what Ziana, Z, Ziona said was this for only like if they get a request for like a year, then they can mm. rent, rent a spot for a year, furnish it, whatever. But Really, it's not for the one month booking or three month booking because I think, yeah, like the logistics on that would be a nightmare, you know, going to go as far as paying people to go take the furniture and furnish it and all that stuff. And then what if people and, you know, Mike Brown made some good points. What if they don't like the place they want to leave and you're going to leave early after a couple of days? You got all that place furnished for three months. So you got to, you know, you rented it from someone for three months. You know, I, I don't know. It's just and I got to get this lady on. 
Because y'all talk yeah. about that stuff she knows the answer to. Um, I'm going to tell you yeah. what, what happens. The insurance company makes money off providing the housing because they go to these rental companies and the rental companies give them a kickback for furnishing it. So that's why they rather have it be, hey, refurnish it and also security deposit now comes down for the get for their for their guest. It's a lot of ins and outs to it, man. I really I'm gonna hit her up again. She she knows some she knows some deep shit. Like I was sitting there for like an hour talking to her and I was like, damn, you taught me a lot about insurance housing that I had no clue. And she know and she's been in so long, she knows all the companies. She knows all of them. She knew ALE, she knew a bunch of other ones. And she was like, you know, I can't say names of people, but she was like, yeah, this is how they work. This is how they operate. This is how they make their money. And I was like, damn. But uh, the regular landlord, this is what, what, what it's going back to. Remember, this has been around for 30 plus years, right? So all they're now doing is catering back to the host that they were already catering to. See what I mean? We always come in and this is why she was like, oh, I enjoy talking to you because you see it beyond the scope of Airbnb. Airbnb is new. Right. This insurance housing has been going on for a long ass time. We always see things. That's why I always try to diversify what I know. We can't look at things out the lens of Airbnb. Airbnb is new, like us furnishing up places and putting it, put our houses. And that's all relatively new as far as, you know, metro markets, because Airbnb created the metro market boom. Those people who are sitting on unfurnished housing, they've been written to insurance companies for years unfurnished housing for years and letting the uh, ALE people take over and let them furnish it. And let's say this, mm -hmm. let's say you have a nice, you know, four or five bedroom house, right? Mm -hmm. That automatically separates you from the, from the three bedroom crowd. But if you have a nice four or, fed, four or five bedroom house in a nice area and it's furnished because you want to try to maximize it, try to get, you know, there's even if ALE does go strictly unfurnished hundred percent, then there's still, a thousand other yeah. as, uh, housing uh, corporate housing providers out there. So you want to be able to attract them, not just ALE, because most of ours don't come from ALE anymore. Funny, you know, funny fact, not a funny fact, but it's a fact. We get we still get steady ALE, but most of them come from the other ones now. And, and so um, so we, we, we would definitely want to cater that now. And then let's just say you have there's a storage facility close by, right? Where you can pay, you can get a place for 150 bucks a month. You can get a pretty big fucking storage, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so, um, and let's just say you have a, <laughs> you know, a good mover that could knock it out in a day, right? So yeah. you can. Here's the thing, you could tell because I've dealt with ones before that said, oh, you know, I, I see, you know, we prefer if it was unfurnished, but we can work with you anyways, kind of thing, you know, because yeah. they get desperate, they'll put them in anywhere. They don't give a shit. Yeah. So, so, but, and I'll say, oh, damn, you know, I do, you know there's one we're going to start up an arbitrage we're going to start up so we'll you know we'll let you know and it's not furnished yet but y'all can go in there and furnish it that's fine but here's the thing if we have one established like i said four or five bedroom and you have a storage facility close by and you have guys that can go knock it out for a few hundred bucks is it worth it to pay 150 bucks for a storage unit that's on standby just in case one of those companies calls and say, oh, you're looking for unfurnished? I can handle that. I can get it unfurnished in one day and be ready for you. Y'all can do your thing and maximize your profits. I would. And check it out. To make it even better, you should, uh, you know, on, on uh, if you guys use a veil, you can have move-in fee costs. That covers your movers. You say, hey, you have a move-in fee cost of $400. That covers your movers to move the stuff out. And then you have a security deposit. Security deposit, of course, goes back to them. But you put it in as a move-in fee cost. Mm. See, y'all and me, no. <laughs> me and Micah are smart, y'all. Y'all just just listen to this cast, and you'll be a millionaire, right? Hey, this lady put me on a whole bunch. Of, I, I'm going to get this lady on this podcast. She knows a bunch of shit. <laughs> just like, dude, because she kept telling me, she's like, dude, this has been around forever. I'm telling you, she goes, Airbnb just boomed it. it it's been around forever. <laughs> And, and just thinking about it, we, you, actually, you don't have to have a damn storage unit on standby. There's plenty of them out there. And yeah. so if something comes up, you could find a place to put all that stuff, right? I'll tell you something, though. I would have I, I would have one on standby. Let's say you need to unfurnish two, three of them at a time. Just have a really big-ass one on standby, costing you $150 a month. Your margin on that midterm rental's already crazy. You know what I mean? Plus, man, have that move-in fee cost, man.
<laughs> all day, man. All day. That covers your movers. So yeah, it might be ha- it might be good to have one on standby. We shouldn't be telling these people this shit. No. <laughs> That's a great idea, though, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a great idea. And um and not, even if you did have one on standby and you have several houses in that area, you could just I mean, it's not you're not always going to need to empty out a house real quick, right? Yeah. And so um so yeah, so no, that's what I was thinking, man. It's, you could tell we already have connections with ALE. I, I said, listen, if you want the house furnished or unfurnished, either way you want it, I can get it for you. That I can get the job for you done quickly. I ain't gonna go take it all out before the damn adjuster approves shit. You know what I'm saying? But I'll I'll get it unfurnished for you. You know we're flexible. Heck yeah, man! Like yeah, yeah um, corner of the market. It's funny thing is this this one I just took on right. I just had somebody sign for a month. Funny thing is they asked about unfurnished at first. So it's seeing. I'm gonna tell you something. ALE ain't the only ones that do unfurnished. The unfurnished ones actually get booked before the furnished ones. Let me tell you how I know. A lot of these companies have an inventory of unfurnished rentals. And I ain't going to say there's... I'll just say this. ALE is not the biggest player in the game on unfurnished rentals. There's another company out there, and I'm pretty sure you've worked with them. And I'll, I'll send it to you. You've worked with them. They have a whole inventory of straight up unfurnished rentals that they go to. And that's their first, that's the first line of business they're doing business with is unfurnished. Mm. And this is why I tell people it is better to own. <laughs> it is better to own. So if you owned a house right now, you'd keep it unfurnished and just wait. I wouldn't for keep it unfurnished. I would do what you just said. I would have a storage unit on standby and the move in fee cost. Hey man, it's 400 to move in. We got to get this place unfurnished. On top of that, because we give away good free knowledge on this yeah. show, right? Have you a professional pictures done of it unfurnished? And have you professional pictures done of it furnished? No, no, no. Fuck pictures, man. This is insurance. No, Get no, you a I, 3D Matterport. And that. And that. I'm just saying that. Okay. Yes. You get yes. the 3D Matterports too. Plus, you know, all your photos. It, it comes in a package. You're going to get photos. Out. Insurance people don't book off photos. They want a, They want a tour. If you get a 3D Matterport with a 2D floor plan next to it, so then they can see, okay, this is how the house is laid out. You want a 2D floor plan unfurnished and a 2D floor plan furnished. Mm-hmm. Then they can just see it. Okay. Then they'll send it to the client and the client can take the virtual walkthrough. Then, then you will be more than likely to get booked because you now don't have to, you don't have to set up a tour date. Tour dates done. Telling because the Matterport <laughs> comes with the photos, man. Because as soon as she told me this shit, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, they're after unfurnished. See, I knew this like a week or two ago when I talked to this lady. I'm like, I'm like, they want unfurnished? So like, And I'll tell you another tip. She, she gave me, she was like, because a lot of the stuff she said, don't say on your podcast. I was like, I won't. But this is one tip she didn't care about. She was like, they don't like places with security cameras on it. She was like, now you can put a security system, but they don't like the the ring camera sitting up watching the guest. She goes, it's a liability. They're just sitting, you'd feel like they're being watched. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. She was like, I know y'all do it because that's the Airbnb thing to do, but you have to change your mindset and your business model when you're in that insurance space. She she made me a lot of stuff that I never thought about. But yeah, man, it's I've heard a client say that before. Hey, is that ring on or are we gonna have mm-hmm. access to it? Hey, I can get I can remove it. It's fine. I know y'all gonna be there for three months. I can get that, I can not. Yeah. To to make them feel more secure. Yeah. It's on houses, not on houses. To make them feel more secure, give them a uh, like vivid. They have guest mode. So the guest that's in the house, the insurance client gets access to the uh security system and they can see the cameras from the panel. And they're like, oh, it's for my safety. Yeah, yeah. Trying to flip it. But that's the thing I don't like. See, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't put rings on houses. Um, I have a client that does that, and I'm just like, eh, I do not like rings on houses. Just get a security system. But a lot of these security systems now are making you do like a two-year sign-up period, which is crazy to me, but makes sense. But yeah, uh, that's another way to do it. Just get it under a security system. Don't get caught creeping. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, you man. You don't want to mess a dude up. Come on now. <laughs> yep. Trust or or lady. Uh yes, yes. Don't get them messed up, man. Don't 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 get them messed up. <laughs> that's some knowledge though. That's that's really cool, man. Um always learning something new on this show. And always, uh, man. 
That's I'm, I'm oh, shit. That's so cool, dude. Every every new arbitrage I get or house that's you know I buy that's gonna be a midterm rental. I'm gonna have all the pro photos and the 3D matter ports and all that stuff done unfurnished and then i have to do hey come back in a week when i have this thing you know furnished and ready to roll and i take you know pictures that way and video that way check it out check it out i got a plug who will get you a 3d matterport and he'll turn it into a youtube video a youtube video tour so that's what i'm working on next man so i got i got a bunch of stuff i've been working on that, shut up oh go ahead steven huh? lee steven lee or is that someone else no nah, that's my boy jabron and his partner that do it shout out to jabron his partner. He shout out to Stephen Lee because he's always been a fan of the podcast. Comes to all the meetups. Oh, speaking of meetups, man, good segue. Good segue. <laughs> How was the meetup? I was walking on fire. So what was going on? <laughs> yeah, we had a meetup at at Theo Carlos over there in uh, in Irving. It was it was fun. Uh, my my buddy um, uh, Manu, you know, he's from Argentina. He, yeah. You know, uh, fed his brother was in town, so that was cool. We got to hang out. And um, let me see, it was one, two, three, four other people. Yeah, about four other people made it there. You know, it's a little quaint little restaurant meetup. But yeah. it's always cool to see always. other people that are in the industry. Um, at, 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 Av- Avi was there. Avi. Avi, my boy. He comes yeah. all the meetups. Shout out to him. Yeah. He said, when are you doing the Boston's one? I said, oh, we'll do the Boston's one this week. So we're going to do another one this week. So if this thing drops Wednesday... Uh, Boston's in Arlington off Lamar, Arlington, Texas. Come hang out with us. We're gonna have some, you know, some beers and pizza and talk some shop. But uh, Abby will probably be that one too. Um, yeah, shout uh, to Abby, man. Another dude, Alan. He came, the older guy. He came to some of our meetups. Uh, he's the one that has that six bedroom house in Arlington that rents and he rents them out by the room. Really? So he has like college students staying there. He has like young professionals staying there, stuff like that. Um, so he does he does pretty good renting it. Uh, six bedrooms by the room but he lives there too so he's like the but he'll he if he trusts he, i don't know his story is pretty cool if you trust people enough he'll go and travel and um and they'll take care of the house while he's gone you know and so mm-hmm. so um yeah it's a, it's a he's he was doing airbnb until the city shut it down i think and so he turned into that um but he's successful this way you know there's always a different way to do always it. And, and so it's pretty cool and um and the other the the uh, my buddy's uh, my buddy's son, uh, Keone, uh, my buddy Pedro from work, his son, Keone, he's kind of kind of mentoring him a little bit about the, you know, short term middle game and stuff like that. He's the one that bought the house over there by the Dallas Zoo over there. Yeah. And um, and he turned it in. He's he's renting by the room also. So he got to mint- hear some stuff from the old the older guy that was telling that that's already doing. That's what's cool about these meetups. You'll always meet somebody who's doing something similar to you, it seems, you know, it's a, but you got to put yourself out there and go to these things. You can't, just, you know, stay online and, and read um, inspirational quotes and then think that shit's going to happen for you. Uh, <laughs> so, and so uh, anyways, so it was a, it was a cool meetup. Um, uh, homegirl, the, the one that went to our last meetup, uh, last name Nguyen, um, T, yeah. T Nguyen, that's her name. She she showed up again and she she was um yeah, she was there checking out, getting some information and having some, you know, we had a good time. And that's what we do, you know, had some drinks, talk some shop, and we had a good time. And and then, you know, always building the network out more and more and um spreading the spreading the STR love, man. It's it's fun. So so this Thursday, I'm gonna start doing these more often. Um, come to Boston's uh pizza whatever it's called boston's in arlington texas um off lamar and we're about probably started about five or six or so and so come have some fun come um network and hopefully micah can make it i don't know he show up a little later if he got some thursday stuff. i'll let you know i'll let you know i might have some kid stuff going on on everybody asks about you hey where's micah i'm like yeah he's walking on coals right now <laughs> <laughs> basically uh, but yeah, man, shout out. But and also, man, we got to give some to all our consistent listeners and consistent people that always come to our meetups. Avi, Stephen Q, Stephen Lee, we always got to get a shout out to y'all. Y'all consistently come out, man. Um, that's how we met Mike Brown. Hell, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah we, Mike, Josh, a lot of the people have been following us since the beginning. That's how we met him was that meetup. So, um, definitely come out to the meetups. Those are those are huge. Those are life changing too. You you might meet the person that. You know, can take you from ten units to hundred or whatever your goal is. You know what I mean to get you to that goal. 
Yeah, yeah. And then once every quarter we do our big LLT, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bash. Those are those are fun, man. Yeah, those are fun. And like I said, it's so cool because I, I mentioned on the previous cast, you know, I met I met someone there and I've got a client. And I'm, you know, it's making me a thousand bucks a month income on on managing their property, just yeah, going from one meetup. You know, it's it's like imagine you do more of those and you get more clients like that. I mean, who man Can't beat it. So yeah, get yeah. out of your house, y'all. I know it's fun to Netflix and chill, but get out of your house every now and then, right? Straight up, man. <laughs> it's not always easy, but it ain't easy being greasy. Uh, <laughs> hey, so what what were some of your biggest takeaways from the meetup? The biggest takeaways, um, I guess, like I, you know, I never, I've never done that rent by the room thing. I've never done oh. it, and you've told me about it, and, and mm-hmm. um, so. So, so I just, just learning that as if I did, you know, get into a house that was a, a bigger house that you could set it up as a, as a, as a rent by the room and it could be pretty profitable. And, and I mean, you used to do it a long time ago, right? And mm-hmm. you rented the rooms out of your house and you were making pretty good money, right? Yeah, man. That was a killer, especially, but I was house hacking. So it was really good money because she was, I ain't have to pay my mortgage. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm pocketing everything from work, you know? So, um, yeah, it was good money doing that. Yeah, and I noticed a few. Even shout out to Jabron. I noticed he said he was trying to get into it as well, right by the room. So that is, you know, with with the how with how the real estate market is right now, you got to be a rental scientist at this point. You have to be able to rent by the room, change up how you're doing business, because um, it's just interest rates are too high, property taxes ain't going any lower. So you got to get strategic. Hmm. No. And, and- and um Keone, who who came to the meetup, the young dude, you know, my mm-hmm. buddy's um son. I, I like I like what he said because he's you know, he said he he's likes doing it, you know, the renting by the room, he's he's doing pretty good at it. But after he's you know, after this the next the next thing he's going into multifamily. He's not even because I, I even, you know, sent him some stuff before. I was like, hey, you know, I know a buddy selling this condo over here, it might be a good play for you, this and that. He goes, No, no, you know. That sounds like a good deal, but my 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 focus is getting a, a multifamily unit next. And I was like, "That's cool, man." Yeah, he has that focus early on instead of you know just chasing every single thing. You know, you yeah. know, like like us, we we'll, we'll try arbitrage, we'll try some management, we'll try single families, we'll try condos. You know, and that's it's cool. You start you know accumulating different things, but all these different things do different. You know, are, are different. You know, is take a different stuff to manage all these different things right whereas if he's i'm gonna just go to man uh you know multifamily, you know duplex maybe a triplex after that maybe a quad and he's learning just to do that one thing really good that's just nothing wrong with that either yeah it's the perfect thing actually yeah if you shit kobe and jordan had the most unstoppable move the fadeaway kareem abdul jabbar <laughs> had the hook shot you know what i'm saying if you get good at that one thing man make you a legend so the thing i will say um Right now, especially for young investors, right now is a really good time to get into multifamily because they just made that new law where you can, they change the requirements for multifamily. So if you can put down three and a half percent in house hack, that right there is a game changer right now. That's a game changer. So if you can, if you're young, you ain't got no kids, no wife, whatever, you just got a girlfriend, you know, really, if you ain't got no kids, man, house hacking right now is really proof, especially with interest rates at 7%. And I just had a friend on what he was doing, but. He has a house at 2%. When I bought a house, a brand new house at 8%, I was like, good luck to you, bro. I don't know why you did that. I would have just stayed where I was at. But hey. Did he sell the 2% one? Nah, I kept it. I'm trying to sub to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, let me holler at you real quick. <laughs> so I'm going to see how that, see how that, see where that goes. But yeah, man, it's a multifamily is a really good thing to be in, especially with interest rates being so high. There's some interesting things that came up, like the what the Biden Harrison administration are trying to implement, you know, okay, and to to help this uh, housing market uh, crunch that's going on, or not just housing, just uh, real estate in general. And so, and so here here's here's a couple things they're trying to to put in place. So one of them is low cost financing for housing developments near transportation, public transportation. And that that seems pretty cool. I guess, you know, I'll go over that real quick. Department of Transportation has released guidance on how $35 billion in in loans can be assessed 
to fund housing projects near public transit, including repurposing office space. The White House fact sheet notes that the available low-cost financing may encourage zoning improvements among state and local governments. Um, here's a couple real quick things, and I'll get to the one that I'm really, really excited about, and you're really excited about too. You mentioned um, no-cost transfer for proper uh, properties from transit agencies to affordable housing developers. That's another one. HUD funding for office to residential conversions. That's the one. This is the one I'm um, excited about. It's, and we've all, we've already talked about this on the show a long time ago. Say that again. From where to where? No HUD, HUD funding, funding from from uh, for office to residential conversions. And now we talked. We spoke about this on the show, right? Especially yeah. when COVID, when, you know, COVID and the aftermath of COVID, everybody left work, and, and all these office, these um. Uh, commercial real estate places were sitting empty and they, they were trying to get you know, they were begging people you know hundred dollars a month come just rent this office please and and so um so this and we said well why you know it sucks you can't make these into condos or make these into housing or something like this it's in a lot of them are in really good areas right in, in the hip trendy areas that the youngsters want to live anyways and um you could turn these empty places into into housing but they're not they weren't zoned for residential so so what the this thing is doing hud funding for office to residential conversions with the new program 10 billion in funding from the community development block grant will now be available for acquiring and converting commercial properties to housing and mixed use projects plus conversion projects are now eligible uh for the pathways to remove obstacles to housing program which sets aside 85 million dollars to remove obstacles to affordable housing development so so yeah so they're, they're putting money to that you can go in there and um and swap out these these um these office spaces and turn them into housing there pretty cool and, and I, 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 i'm fully on board with that man um this is what i've noticed about office space and why it's taking a hit and i think this is why they're doing it I, I think people prefer like libraries and coffee shops over office space because it's free. Cause if you ever go like me and mahogany, sometimes we'll go up to the big library in Arlington. They got these big ass rooms that overlook the city. Right. I don't know if you've ever been up there, but they also have like, man, bro. Like if you ever just want to go work, like they got a room up there. You can, you're overlooking, like you're not overlooking, but you can like see the Cowboys stadium, the Rangers park, and you're in this top floor place. Right. I'm like, nice. Shit, I prefer that over the damn uh, WeWork. You know what I mean? Um, Because I do, I don't have a WeWork, but uh, my mentorship has a WeWork program, this mentorship program that I'm in. That's the only time we ever go there is to go for the meetups. So I could see how office space is taking a real big decline. So, and I remember we did discuss like, hey, what if you broke these office spaces up into um, boutique hotels, which I think you could really do. You know what I mean? If you turn those into boutique hotels right now in this, in, the HUD's giving funding for that? Man, I'm all in. You know, Mike said he had some spots. I'm like, let's go get them. <laughs> let's go get them. You know what, what I'm saying? What, what I like about the play, too, it, yeah. is it, it did say mixed use. So what I what I think is cool is, and I've heard people do this before, and say, hey, you know, I, I, I wanted, I've always wanted my own office, so I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this um, uh, commercial real estate, but I'm going to put my office as part of it, you know? And then I'm going to rent out the rest of it to, um, you know, as housing or to other kind of um, the dentist or chiropractor, whoever, you know, you want to put in there, rent out the other office spots. But I'll have my office in there, too. So I get like a free office out of it. Basically. Like right off, too. So yeah. so that's a cool play, man. So um, I agree. Yeah, this this um, it's a big it's a big thing, man. I'm glad they're finally doing something like that and not just giving funding or whatever but they're removing obstacles to you know re removing all this freaking laws that they put in place that uh, instead of just blaming airbnb for the housing shortage which is stupid they're they're it, no it's your stupid laws that you can't do this you can't do that and all this red tape you got to go through you know i mean we we went we went to those meetings in arlington where people were just trying to rezone something from a, a you know a multifamily into a house because he wanted to give his daughter a house you know what i'm saying and then he had to go through all this shit and get a lawyer and all this crap and finally they granted it you know but it, it's just 
all this red tape it slows down um progress in oh. our in our country and our cities and stuff like that so i'm glad they're finally seeing it it takes a crisis to to see some shit like that but oh well yeah maybe we can find a way to benefit from it yeah yeah i think so yeah because we are in a housing crisis it's bad um and then it's like the places that people want wait like because i told you guys i told you i had an apartment complex that i'm at and it's just like the occupancy is horrible you know you up there at night and parking lot's empty. It's a desert up there. You're like, damn, bro, what's going on? I mean, you see how bad the management is. I mean, not the ma- the, the maintenance is, and you see what's going on. So yeah, uh, creating more ways. Because I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, the future of America to me is compartmentalized. It's smaller compartmentalized housing, tiny houses, smaller living spaces. I just think that's where it's going. You know, mm. to me, from what I see, and I'm not an expert, but I'm just watching what's going on, like. You know, people going and living in these tiny home communities. Um, I was just at last two weeks ago. I was at a um, multi. What's it called? Uh, mobile home park convention. People are getting really heavy into those. So it's a lot of stuff that's interesting right now. I think we are going to smaller compartmentalized housing. So if you had a, bought a house before twenty twenty, you're winning. Ten years from now, you're going to see the benefits. Hmm. One thing I forgot to mention: the numbers. Okay. It was, it was saying that uh, I'll pull up that thing again. Oh, it was um, eye-opening numbers, man. While I stall and try to find it, it said in Q2 this year the nationwide office vacancy rate hit 18.2 percent, a 30-year high. That's a lot of empty office spaces, man. Millions. You said hit 18 percent. 18.2 empty office spaces. That's crazy. So there's opportunity there, man. Yeah, that is high. Because, yeah, commercials just, like, just don't want to be in it, man. <laughs> the pandemic, like, ran its muck. And it's like, when stuff, I'll say this, when stuff comes in really, really big changes, like, you know, the pandemic changed everything so quick that you want to get back to normal, but then you start seeing the inefficiencies in what you were doing. It was kind of like a reboot, right? Like, you start seeing the inefficiencies, like, well, damn, do we really even need office space? Like, what are we doing here? And it just can't recover. People are like, this is a waste of time, you know? Um, I can go to Starbucks. I can go to this library. You know what I mean? People start, because net by nature, we we're creative, right? Humans are creative by nature. And now we start seeing it's just, I don't want office space, you know? So, you know, it's interesting if you're in that space, man. Yeah, they, like, you can even now get commercial properties where like, you know, with lawn suites becoming so big right now, because you, the build, the owner of a commercial building will pay you to rent your rent, the place from them and they'll build it out for you into salon suites. They'll do it themselves. Just want you to rent it on a five ten <laughs> year lease. That, that's crazy. <laughs> that's just how much, how much commercials changed. You know, what's really, you know, when when we brought this, when you brought this up a few casts ago, we were talking about the salon suites, and I, was, I told my wife, you know, I was like, hey, you know, let's just mm-hmm. let's go test the waters because we always saw this place that's that's not too far from us, and 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 it's like right next to right next to a Pizza Hut of all things, but it's right there in in a Walmart, um, uh, what's it called, neighborhood Walmart parking parking lot. So of course, there's a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic there, mm-hmm. and so um. So we saw this place. It's been there, and it was like a nail type salon and and facials and all that stuff. And and so it's already built like as a, a salon. So we we uh-huh. here's the thing. I called like all you know. I had to fuck research and try to find this thing online. You know, it's not just it's not like Zillow. And then finally, I found you know this this website that had you know some people that were that you could talk to. I called all of them. No one answered. The next day, I called them all again, left messages. No one answered. Finally, like three days later, someone called me back about, oh, you, that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's uh, he, he he just ran the numbers real quick. Uh, he asked me what, what I was thinking about. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple mu- triple, triple net lease, uh, uh, 3000 a month, uh, blah, 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 3000 I mean, it was, it, was, it was expensive for that little little free sliver of a spot. Might have been more than 3000 but he was saying, yeah, just, uh, yeah, so that's what that's what the price is going to be uh, if you want to go see it, you know, just schedule a time to go see it and like that. That's, I mean, it wasn't like a 
one of these hungry real estate agents that picks up a phone. They oh, they want you in this house, right? They want you. They're gonna get that fat commission. We could talk to those commissions too. That's a big uh, controversy going on right now. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a big story that blew up. But um, so it's a different world, man. These guys were like, like I was hassling them just by asking about this freaking place, man. I was, it, I was kind of pissed. I was you like, got you uh, in your place. Yeah, you got a color. Huh? <laughs> I, yeah, you, I'm going to tell you what it is. In order to get into commercial real estate, you need a commercial real estate licensed person to get on your team. But then they'll move faster because they'll, if they're in commercial real estate, if you're talking, they're talking to a realtor, they're more comfortable picking up the phone. The realtor probably knows how to get them faster because they know the realtor's more than likely. Uh, in commercial, sometimes if you have a good realtor, they will close the deal and do the negotiations for you. Then they'll know you're serious. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you gotta, because you should have, like, because there's certain questions you have to ask, like, hey, what are your, uh, do you have any um, build out credits? You know what I mean? Um, you know, you can come to them and say, hey, by the way, I'm working with the city of with this grant. Then their ears start perking up. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to waste time. That's what it is. But if you get a good realtor, uh, I can get you a realtor too if you're looking for one that'll do that for you. Shout out to Elkie Crawford, Noble's wife. So shout out to Noble and El Elkie if you want to get with them and get into that space. But nice. you said something very interesting. You said something about commissions. <laughs> what happened with that? So there's like a 1.5 billion lawsuits against the um, man. I'll screw it up. But like uh, one of the biggest um, real estate uh, agent agencies in the in the country because Ooh. here i think it's called nara or nar or something like that okay. but anyways uh like i said i didn't research for this for this story but i'll just give you a gist because it's out there you can go look it up look at these um so it's always been customary uh the six percent commission thing right yeah and it's always been the seller has to pay that six percent commission right yeah. there's no getting around it always the, I'm, always the seller pays the six percent and now I guess someone raised the question, wait a minute, why do I have to pay 6%? Why am I paying for my agent? Why am I paying for their agent? Oh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. It's not, no, this is bullshit. Y'all are, y'all are railroading me. So, so, so people started bitching about this because 6% is a lot of money, especially since houses went from like, you know, 50 grand to buy a house like 15 years ago to like now these same houses are like, you know, $500,000. So that's, these commissions are big and the sellers are coming out of pocket to pay for both agents so they're like thinking this isn't fair this is like uh this is like a monopoly they got going on this is this is a yeah this is unfair unfair that we have to pay these commissions and so they sued and then they won in courts 1.5 billion dollar judgment of all these 1.8 1.8 billion dollar judgment all these all these people that sold their houses they're going to get some money back from from paying for these uh for these agents that they thought they shouldn't have had to pay for it. So that's going to change the whole 6% structure that's been in place forever. You know what I'm saying? It's going to change the whole 6% structure. Agents know, the seller's agents don't know what's going to happen. Buyer's agents don't know what's going to happen. Uh, buyers that are buying places that use agents, they don't know who, who you know, we have to pay for our own agents now. What's going to happen? You know, it's, there's so many questions out there about this um this giant law landmark lawsuits so um that's what's happened lately so i can't explain it as eloquently as someone that's in the industry in the you know <laughs> real estate agent industry but we should maybe get a, a real estate agent on maybe um noble's wife can come on and explain some of that stuff because she's an agent yeah yeah she could i just found the article so basically nar and two brokerage firms home services of america and keller williams were liable for $1.8 in damages for conspiring to keep commissions artificially high. Damn. Mm. Remax is also in on it. Damn, bro. That, that's, <laughs> that's a little strange. Yeah, I don't know. More lawsuits to come. Who knows? Yeah, and I wonder what that means for agents. Because I remember um, it was a guy. He, used to, he was in multifamily. He used to come to our meetups. And he was he, he used to dog out agents, man. He's just like, they're just worthless. I don't even use them. There's no point of them anymore. I forgot his name, but he was, you know, he made some good points. I see what he was saying. Um, because there are certain things I just don't use an agent for, like, you know, like running comps, just get in the portal if you can. Uh, I mean, use a service, you know, in Texas it's harder because it's non-disclosure, but bro, it's like 
sometimes some of them aren't just waste of time. I have like in Texas, I have a lot of good agents. Um, Jabron, my agent Pam, Jabron, Elky. There's a few good agents out there, but to be an agent these days, you got to be skilled. Like you, I remember years ago. Remember years ago, I used to tell people if I was an agent, I would learn how to do. I would learn about short term rentals. You can make a shit pot of money doing it. You know what I mean? So there's a few of them out there that are worth the damn. But yeah, I, I could. I, I wonder what that means for agents, the ones who suck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. When the, the economy was booming, everybody and their mama became an agent. You know, it always yeah. happens. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it stops, it dries up, and everybody quits being an agent because they still got to pay a monthly fee to be an agent. You know. Yep. So a lot of them is like, man, I'm not making no money, and they just quit. It's just it's the business cycle, but it's the real estate cycle has always done that. It's always yeah. been that way. Um, yeah, I was when you say Keller Williams, I was like, oh, that makes sense because uh, uh, our our buddy David Green over there at uh, Bigger Pockets, he put a little cryptic reel up. Hey, everybody's heard about this lawsuit thing, and they, I just say, go check your facts for yourself. Don't don't believe the site that's pro agent. Don't believe the site that's anti agent. You know, go check the facts because he he runs. You know, he works for Keller Williams. He he runs his own you know team and all that stuff. So I was like. I thought he was going to give us some knowledge, but it was more like a, you know, it's like an angry, angry little reel that he did. I was like, oh, now it makes sense. Keller Williams. Even face. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it, it's a lot. Oh, man. So, yeah, a lot of craziness in the in the real estate world right now. So, but a lot of craziness, a lot of opportunity. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of opportunity coming. I tell people, like, like how you said, you're still looking for those damn, uh, Owner finance deals, man. We, we, and my partners, we were talking about that all weekend. Owner finance sub two deals. Cause yeah, it, it, you know, it's the creative always wins. If you're willing to adapt and adjust, you'll always win, man. You'll always win. Mm, I dig it, man. Let's go walk on some coals, baby. Yes, sir, man. Next Tony <laughs> Robbins event. I better see y'all there. I might fly out for the next one. Cause I, oh, by the way, if anybody knows any like leadership of, uh, events, um, anything with leadership, personal development, y'all send those to me because I'm trying to go to all everything I can get my hands on because I'm gonna hop on the um, conference tour next year. But that's all I'm really trying to focus on that real estate stuff as well. Because uh, yeah, I'm trying to take it to the next level. Sweet man, yes, well, cool man. This has been a great show, episode 278 in the books. Where can people find us, Micah? Man. Find us on Instagram, TikTok. Send us an email, info at livelettrive.com. Micah at livelettrive.com. Steve at livelettrive.com. Thank y'all for continuing to be a listener. Make sure to get your ass to that meetup on Thursday at Boston's Pizza in Arlington off Lamar Street. We will see y'all there. Thank y'all for continuing to be listeners. We are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.